My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. All right. Well, welcome to Our Sunday School. I should have a handout on your table. If you'll go to page 36 of the handout. I thought it was funny. Thank you, Miss Colleen. She's she is my pity laugher uh, forever. She's just kind, and sometimes teachers just need kind pity laughs. Uh, so there's that. All right. So I just want to start this morning with a review of our homework uh, expectations for our class. This is what um, the the everyday expectation is as far as what this class is about. So. We want to make sure that we're praying for help in understanding the text that we're in, and this is Mark. Um, we want to hear Mark multiple times. So if this is you reading it, that's great. If this is you listening to it, that's great. I do not care about the vehicle. I just care about the consumption. So this is just consume, consume, consume. Uh, thinking about Mark often. Um, and this is one of those rolling things around in your head, asking the Holy Spirit, how can, how can you help me understand this? Um, this is talking with somebody, and I've got dead or alive, and I, some of you chuckle, but, so I want to make sure we understand what we're talking about here. Right? I'm not expecting the dead people to talk back, okay? The dead, the dead people have already spoken. This is talking about resources or references that, that help us understand things, good, wise people that have written things down to help us out. Uh, this also includes uh, people in this room. Uh, this includes getting together and discussing and hashing out and thinking through these things and talking about them. Um, it, one of the things that, that might surprise a modern American Christian is that the concept of an individual Bible study for the New Testament believer would have been completely foreign. This was not something that would have been done. You only did Bible study and in, in, uh uh, theology and uh, doctrine in community. There was not a individualized component to this. And, and one of the things that did is it helped knock down heretics really, really quick. Because when you're in that Bible study with a group and somebody says something truly heretical and somebody that's wiser who has walked with Jesus a bit longer speaks up and says, actually, don't ever do that again. And this is why. Um, you, you can uh, knock some of that down. Um, so this is why we want to make sure we are engaging and then sharing your insights about Mark. I love getting emails and text messages and phone calls and all this from you guys. And every week I get two or three from somebody in the room and let me know that I want to know what you're learning too, as we go through this, uh, together and then make sure that we're inviting a member and a non-member. Uh, and if you don't know who the members are in our class, my wife is right back there. She can tell you, or you can log into the Realm app, and if you're a member of this class, you can see all of the other members of this class. So just FYI that you can reach out there, um, and then make sure you're inviting pagans, because pagans need to hear the gospel too. So it's really important stuff. So I'm going to read through uh, Mark chapter 1, and I want you to be listening for this question, the answer to this question. So what is God doing in you through his word? from the portion of Mark we've studied so far. So I'm going to read uh, Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with hired servants and followed him. And they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her. And she began to serve them. And that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, for a proof to them. 
But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. All right, so let me ask the question. So what is God doing through you, doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we have studied so far? Yes, aren't they? Our stories are important and they need to be told. Isn't it beautiful that, that we have these stories of what I love is that so many of them, we have no idea who their names are. Because they're not the hero of the story, right? We make sure that we focus on Jesus as we go throughout and we tell these stories. Um, yes, our stories are important and they need to be told because they reflect the glory of the one who this whole thing is all about. Yes, excellent. Ooh, that's a, that's like, that's really sound bumper sticker theology right there. That's, that's not often. Jesus is for everybody. That's exactly right. So he knew how to talk to fishermen. He knew how to talk to the scribes. <laughs> he knew how to deal with the Pharisees. He knew how to talk to demons. Little kids loved him. You're like, man, he sounds pretty awesome. Yep. <laughs> like, he's for everybody. Absolutely. I don't know that I've thought about that. The breadth of the audience of his personal and public interactions. Yeah, we're still in chapter one, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right. That's good. And you guys are just blowing this out of the park this morning. All right, somebody else. Yep. Seems large, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Might be. Might be. Can also, so there's a couple different schools of thought on this, and I'm, I don't, I, I radically don't care about the answer. I just want to give us options on this. Um, there's one idea that, you know, the devil was aware that the Son of God is walking around on the earth, and we're in, sorry, sports term, full court press, right? We're throwing all the resources, we're throwing everything at it, and, and you just see this like weird bump in activity. Uh, the other thought is that it, it has been a constant. Um, and if you look at the Old Testament, so the Old Testament's that way. If you look at the Old Testament um, uh, idol worship, right, we find out in the New Testament that all those idols were actually demons that were propping themselves up as God. Um, and you look how common that was in the Old Testament, you look and go, maybe this is kind of a standard thing. Like, okay, all right. But the awesome thing is that the answer is Jesus. There we go. We don't have to go invent something new, right? I'm not looking for a prophet. I don't need an apostle. 
quit looking at them billboards. <laughs> right? I got everything I need in Jesus. And he can handle this. He did, he is, and he will. We're good. So, man, that'll preach right there. Y'all are going to be fired up. We're going <laughs> And we got through, what, eight verses last week? <laughs> yes, sir. Welcome back. Our missionaries are back. Yes. So where's La Esperanza? Where's La Esperanza? It's in Honduras. Yes, thank you. All right, good. That's the design, right? This is the beautiful process that he kicked over and said, go and tell and remember, I'm with you. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Very good. And welcome back. This is awesome. Who else went this week? Anybody else in the room? Skip? Yes? Skip went? Mr. Samson went? Excellent. We got three missionaries in the room today. I grew up in a church where when the missionary came, it was like this. You've been somewhere else. <laughs> and you're like, wow. It's, it's like just this mind. You know, I mean, I, I, I traveled a lot in high school, in middle school, a lot. I saw 30-some-odd states by the time I graduated high school. But I didn't go to the Philippines, and I didn't go to Africa, and I didn't go to South America, and I didn't go to, you know, I got to see in geography. I, I didn't stay here. I'm going to get lost. It's, it was good. Um, but, uh, but it's just this beautiful concept that we have these structures in place that we can go. So thank you for going. Thank you for going. Thank you for going. This is good. We prayed for you guys while you were gone. And you, you didn't like go down there and take siestas, right? That was, no. <laughs> Seriously, nobody piped up and said that's what Daryl did? Seriously? Like I, we're playing t-ball at this point. Like I put that on the tee, put the bat in your hands, just swing. Nobody. All right. Good. So you built a house in like three and a half days, right? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Daryl sent me that text uh, yesterday. He said, yeah, we built a house in three and a half days. And I said, well, I was part of a group that did that once, but we needed ABC to pull it off. So <laughs> it, was, it was really, and a, and a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> it, was, it was really hard. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into Mark chapter one. Uh, let's look at verse. We'll start with verse 29 today. Uh, literary structural observations. I just want to make sure because we we're chopping this up into a lot of little bitty pieces, and I want to make sure that we don't miss that. Like this is the today's text, verses twenty nine through maybe thirty four ish, is one is the second half of the same day that we talked about last week. This is a is a busy long day, and and you're going to see this a lot as you go through Mark. Is that Jesus will have these really really long intensive ministry days. Um, and, and some of you, us, have had uh, really, really long, intensive ministry days where you get to the end and you're just completely wiped out. And I can't wait to talk about next week what he does this day after he's completely wiped out because it is a beautiful model for us. So let's take a look at uh, verse 29. I'm at the bottom of the front side of your uh, handout. 
and immediately. So immediately from what? Immediately after he has cast this uh, spirit out in the middle of the synagogue, right? So he's just, he's literally just stirred everything up. And he stirred everything up and immediately he leaves the synagogue. So all this commotion, right? This fame, this stuff is going on. And he enters the house of Simon and Andrew. So now Simon is Simon Peter. And we just picked up Simon and Andrew and uh, James and John a few verses earlier, right? So they, this, this timeline here doesn't imply that they've been with him a very long time. So he leaves the synagogue, enters the house of Simon uh, and Andrew with James and John. And now Simon's mother-in-law. So I've got the word mother-in-law highlighted on your, uh, uh, on your handout. I, I probably should have highlighted the, the Greek word just to show you that it is not uh, in any way, shape, or form related to the uh, Greek words for demon that show up in this text. Uh, sorry. You, you're, it's like an obligation to make a mother-in-law joke when you have a text with mother It's just... Come on. All right. Tough crowd. All right. Now, Simon's mother-in-law. So so if Simon Peter has a mother-in-law, then he has a what? A wife. See, if he has a wife, then he's what? He's married. They kind of do. It's just really challenging, right? It's not not an overly popular text with our uh, Catholic friends. So now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. So, so don't miss this, right? They just see Jesus do something absolutely amazing. <laughs> We're going to lean this direction. We're going to head back over to, to my house because my mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. And this is a present participle active. So this is a, a repeated thing. Uh, and this just means to be on fire, to have a fever. I don't know if you uh, you know, but fevers were not a a uh, an easy thing to take care of. Uh, a lot of people died from the infections related to fevers because you couldn't just scroll down uh, stroll down to the local pharmacy and pick up some antibiotics. Right? And, and and look. And she lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her. So if you have ever had a fever, fevers don't just immediately go away. Even when you hear somebody say the fever broke, it's a, de- it's a gradual decline. It's not a, it doesn't just immediately stop. Um, we, we as believers hear a lot of sermons about when Jesus calmed the water, when he's in the, in the boat, in the storm, and he says, peace be still, and the wind stopped, and the waves stopped, and everything was calm. We, we talk a lot about how amazing that miracle is over creation. He does the same thing with the human body. So don't miss that, right? His level of authority over the universe is not limited. It extends to all portions of creation. He made it. He governs it. It is gorgeous. So let's go back and look at this. Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her, which I, 
I always want to chuckle when I see these things. Like he didn't already know. Of course he knew, right? He knew exactly where he was going. He knew exactly what he's, what he's going to do. But he let them go through the process of telling him about her. Um, it is good for us to tell the Lord the needs that we have. It is healthy for us to express our lack of authority, our lack of power, our lack of ability to solve our own issues and to depend on one who actually can. So they told him about her, and he came. This is the sovereign king of the universe. And he is going to take time out of his extraordinarily limited time on the earth and show up. He literally had the universe to run. Like literally. He holds it all together. And he took time out to show up. I got to think that's a good example for us. And he came, and he took her by the hand. And I'm going to need somebody to validate for me. But Jesus does a lot of touching people in a way that is very personal, that is not a, yeah, 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 I'll get to that later. I'll pencil you in next week. I'll, you know, he, he comes and he, he touches people. He came and he, he's a personal God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And this changes things, right? Because there's lots of religions in the world where the concept of God taking on the form of a human being would be a denigration of that God, right? Would be insulting to that particular religion. Yep. Not everybody gets touched. He does it over and over and over and over. This is these patterns that we see. Um, I, I don't ever want to. I don't ever want to say what I'm about to say and make you think that the Word of God is not living and alive and powerful. Um, but it is also literature, and it is beautiful literature. And there are stories that are being told, and narratives that are being woven, and themes that are being touched on over and over and over again. And when we only ever study small pieces of Scripture in isolation and don't put them in larger context, we miss these themes that happen over and over and over again. Like Jesus shows up and he touches people. Like he is a personal God. And that he is here in a way that is physical so that we can then relate to him. It is truly beautiful. Yes. Bam. He is the... Good gracious. You guys are on fire today. He is the only authentic God. Amen. He is. That's two good bumper stickers. Y'all going to make me have to go back and listen to this one again. Yes, ma'am. It's Kelly. Yes. 
does go to places he's told about, he also goes to places he's not told about. So there, there's a couple opportunities in Mark where we see that as well, but yes, absolutely. He's like, he is demonstrating for us, right? So there's a difference between what's normative and what's just informational. So the normative is we're being provided a pattern that we are to follow, and the informational is okay, this gives us evidence that this occurred and it's real and we're fleshing this out. I believe this, this requesting and Jesus showing up is a very normative process in the scripture that, that we are asked to, to follow in this. Because when you look in the epistles later on, all the letters that the apostles wrote, you see these commands to go and to ask. And we hear in Jesus' teachings to ask, right? The Father knows what you need, but, but ask. Because it's good for us to ask. It acknowledges him. It, it shows all around who we view as the authority in our lives. Um, and it's not us, right? It's him. Because when Jesus shows up, things change. Which is also a principle that happens in Mark. Everywhere he goes, there is there are ripple effects for very long period of time. So yes, absolutely. We ask. So he takes her by the hand and then there's this really, really um, I, I, y'all know that I just don't like saying a bad translation and I'm not going to say a bad translation, but it a really, a possibly better word would have been uh, woke her up because that's what the definition is. Um, it's to, to rouse from uh, inactivity. Uh, and he, so sometimes when you have a fever, you're asleep and he wakes her up and the fever left. And she laid in bed and did nothing. Yeah. How do you feel when you get over being sick? You feel like laying in bed and doing nothing, right? Yes. And this is, to me, evidence of this was not a, uh, all right, y'all know I'm a mathematician. Everything's curves and lines and equations. This was not a slow curve where we slide into, oh, we get back to normal. This is, got. I mean, this is just, we're there immediately. She's back to full strength and she begins to serve. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yes. Imagine that, right? Yeah. Amen to that. Even this is a pattern in the scripture, right? It's beautiful. She began to serve them. She began to diakoneo them. Uh, it's a Greek word for deacon. It just means to be an attendant, to wait upon um, a Christian steward. It makes a difference where he shows up. So that evening, verse 32, the day's not over. Oh no, but wait, there's more. <laughs> so he's Cast out a demon. He, he, he taught with authority that they hadn't noticed before, right? He made the scribe's head scratch. He casts out a demon. He shows up at Peter's house and heals his mother-in-law. And uh, so that evening, because I got a feeling some people might have shared the news about Peter's mother-in-law too. Uh, that evening at sundown, 
they brought to him, and there is a word that is highlighted that is just scary in its breadth, all. <laughs> so if you were in this town, and you had anything wrong, and you heard that this guy showed up and he cast out a demon, and he fixed somebody with a fever immediately, <laughs> they didn't have Facebook, but word got around. And they all showed up, all who were continuously uh, sick or oppressed by demons. <clears throat> they brought him everybody. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. So now there's an audience, right? So you got all the players are set. Everybody's on the stage. The crowd is full. The theater's packed. Whole city's gathered together at the door. So what's he going to do? I love the word in verse 34. And he healed. Look at the Greek word. What English word does it look like? Therapy or therapeutic, right? He is the therapy to our need. Now, I do want to make sure that you see the word that I've highlighted next, that he healed many. Now, you can take this a couple of different ways, because if you compare the parallel passage here with the passage in Luke and with Matthew, there's a different word that's used in Luke and Matthew. This word here is uh, pulos. Uh, it, it literally just means many. In Luke and Matthew, the word is pas. It means all. So I want to make sure that you understand that there's not a there's not an error in the Bible. It's not a contradiction. Um, so, so he healed many who were sick with various diseases. Okay. Uh, there is a sense in which you can call a substantial group of people many people. And there is a sense in which you can consider that if you heal everybody in a substantial group of people, that you have healed all people. This makes sense? You with me on this one? They're both right. Mark's right. He healed many. He did. There were many people that showed up that needed to be healed. And Luke and Matthew are right in that he healed them all. The gospel writers, while not all present for all the events, uh, remember... While their hand may have been on the pen, there was somebody else breathing through that ensured that all these things are true. And this is where we put our confidence. I have zero confidence in Mark. By all accounts, uh, he was a bit spastic uh, in, in later portions of his life. Uh, he finally ended up doing the right thing, but uh, had some challenges. Um, but boy, I, I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to get this right. So he healed many who were this continuous sick again with various diseases. Now, here's where we start to see a little bit of Mark's background because Luke would have listed this and 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 you're like, take a breath, Luke. Like, put a period somewhere, right? Like, slow down. And Mark's just like, various diseases. Because we think Mark probably talked to Peter and Peter's giving him summaries of things and Peter's just hitting the high points. 
who were sick with various diseases and cast out. The, the cast is ekbalo, which I think is just a fun Greek word to say. <clears throat> ekbalo. He cast out many demons, pulas again. And he would not permit the demons to speak. And I, and I want us to notice this here real quick. Because they knew him. So, super simple question. Who knew who Jesus was? It's open book. The demons. All right. Who did not know who Jesus was? The religious leaders of the day. Like this is super scary. This should for us who have spectacular exposure to scripture and resources be a mirror up really, really close going, wow, please Lord, help me not to miss Jesus. Right? Don't let me get so hung up in rules and regulations and lists and the, the let to, to miss the Messiah showed up. Right? This is super scary stuff. Um, and I've highlighted a word here. And for a very long time, you have seen me show this slide for Greek tenses. Well, there's another one in today's text, and it's really, really weird. <clears throat> so we've talked about present tense. This is right now continuous aorist. This is just the action happens. We're not really concerned about when it happened. Imperfect is continually actually, continual action in the past. Uh, uh, action is continually, repeatedly happening in the past time. Perfect is completed action with the results continuing. Future is obviously it happens in the future. And then you get this word, which just looks like a misspelling, right? It's a real word, pluperfect. So I have not listed pluperfect in the list of Greek tenses because it shows up so infrequently in the New Testament. I found out this week it only shows up 21 times in the whole New Testament, which there's a couple of others too. They show up like four or five times. I just, I'm not overly concerned about those. But pluperfect, let me explain to you what this is. So the pluperfect takes the past tense of the perfect. So perfect tense is completed action with the results continuing. Pluperfect is something that happened in the past and this completed and these results are continuing. And the comparison here is that pluperfect is typically farther back in the past than the perfect tense is. If you're not confused yet, let me show you how this works. So look at, look at verse 34. The demon, he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So my question is, when did the demons know him? Like go, keep, like, God, I need to get over the wall. Uh, like just way, right? They knew then, way, way, way back then, and those results are continuing. And continuing, and continuing, and continuing. <laughs> they didn't forget. Because the demons are fallen angels. They were created. They were in a place with the Trinity. They know their Trinitarian doctrine. They hadn't forgot at all. So, this is what I got really excited about Friday night. Some of you are like, why are you parsing Greek verbs on Friday night? Because I didn't understand pluperfect. It's really, really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. But the demons, he wouldn't let them speak because they knew him. 
and it wasn't time yet. And he doesn't say, Mark doesn't say his time was not yet come as many times as some of the other gospel writers do, but he wasn't quite ready for him yet. So I was hopeful to get to the application and personalization today and have a little time on this, but you guys had too many really good comments, and I'm happy to do that. So we'll talk about this a little bit more next week. Um, so next week we'll start with verse, your, your one blank on your handout. You guys like not having many blanks? Because you just get one now. It's easier on me, I'll tell you that. Um, the blank at the bottom of page 39 there is, we're going to start in verse 35. And we'll see how, what he does after a really busy day. What he does after a really busy day. And maybe that'll be instructive for us too. So your homework for next week is the same as we reviewed at the beginning of class. Pray for help in understanding Mark. Hear Mark multiple times. Think about Mark day and uh, often. Talk with somebody about Mark. Share your insights about Mark. And then invite a member and a non-member. Now your weekly update is on your table. Uh, and there is a highlight on your weekly update today because uh, I finally had a moment of not forgetfulness and you are invited to game night on Friday, the April the 5th in this room at 6.30. So if you're interested, Thesa Wave, that's Thesa. Her email address is on this piece of paper. We'll put this in the uh, Sunday School group as well, uh, Facebook group, and shoot her an email, let her know you're coming, and we'll have a good time because we need to spend more time together than just on Sunday mornings at 9.07. So with that, if you will lean in, engage, and pray as a table. After you have prayed as a table, you are dismissed. If you have any questions about game night, I am not the person to ask. Thesa is right over there, so please ask Thesa. And after you have prayed as a group, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today, guys. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.